John chapter number 21. We're going to read verses 1 through 8 of John chapter number 21. The Bible says there, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat on him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were two hundred cubits, dragging the net with fishes. And so tonight we're going to study chapter number 21 of the book of John, and we're going to look at a topic, uh, we're going to try to just... Look at it expositorily, uh, verse by verse, see what the, the Bible has to say. But towards the end of this chapter, we see uh, where this title of this message came in, uh, where the Lord says something very uh, specific to the Apostle Peter. Uh, and so I've entitled the message this evening, Mind Your Own Business. I know that sounds kind of curt, kind of short, kind of uh, almost uh, uh, offensive, uh, but I'm sure all of us at one point in time have used that phrase, mind your own business, or at least we've thought it. Uh, we've all been there at times where we wished that one, in, one particular individual would mind their own business. Uh, and so tonight we're going to see that in John chapter number 21. I read a story of a man uh, that was traveling through Atlanta who noticed, now you know that this is an old, old story, okay, because he noticed in the yellow pages. We don't even have yellow pages anymore, do we? Let your fingers do the walking. Y'all remember that? Okay. Um, And so uh, he was traveling through Atlanta, and he noticed in the yellow pages, in the listings of restaurants, an entry for a place called Church of God Grill. Church of God Grill. And so he was kind of puzzled by uh, this particular entry in the yellow pages. And so this peculiar name aroused his curiosity, and he dialed the number. He called them up. A man answered with a cheery, Hello, Church of God Grill. He asked how the restaurant had been given such an unusual name. Uh, Well, replied the owner, we had a little mission down here, and we started selling chicken dinners after church on Sunday to help pay the bills. And so we had a church. We had a little mission, a little church that we had started, and we started to sell these chicken dinners after church so they could help make ends meet. And so, well, people liked the chicken more than the church, and we were doing such a good business that eventually we cut back on the church services. After a while, we just closed down the church altogether and we kept serving the chicken dinners. We kept the name that we started with and there you have it, Church of God Grill, was the response, the reply that the man heard on the phone. And I want to say that sometimes uh, we as Christians, uh, we can be like that Church of God Grill. We can kind of lose our purpose, lose our way. 
Uh, we should be doing this thing, but we get distracted or sidetracked and start doing other things that may not be sin or evil in and of, the, in and of themselves, uh, but they're not the main thing. They're not the most important thing. Uh, we can get sidetracked. We see this congregation here got sidetracked selling chickens and selling uh, uh, grill items and selling barbecue type stuff, and, and they stop serving the Lord. They stop having church services and listen, we got to be careful not to let that happen to us. we got to be careful not to let the demands of life uh, uh, so pull us uh, to help to make us lose sight of who we are and whose we are. We might believe in a sovereign God, but that does not get into our hearts uh, the, the fact that uh, we can't live this life on our own. We can't live this life without God. Uh, a good thing can become a bad thing when it gets in the way of the main thing. And that's what we see happening in John chapter number 21. The Lord Jesus Christ has been crucified. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. The Lord Jesus Christ has been uh, seen by several uh, of the disciples uh, on the way on the road to Emmaus. Uh, then he was seen by the other disciples in the upper room. Uh, then he was seen again uh, eight days later, the Bible says, by uh, all of the disciples in that upper room. Uh, and now we see them. This is That all happened in chapter number 20. Now we're in chapter 21 of the book of John, and we see them distracted. Uh, we see them sidetracked. Uh, he, he breathed on them the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them the Holy Ghost, and, and he, he challenged them, and he charged them. And he says, hey, I'm going to leave you here, and I, I have a work for you to do, and, and I need you to be witnesses. I need you to go all throughout the world and preach the gospel. And instead of doing that, they got sidetracked. They got distracted. As a matter of fact, we see here uh, in John chapter number 21, Peter said it for the whole group. He says, you know what? I'm going to go fishing. You know, fishing is what he used to do. Fishing is, is what his, his dad did. That's the family business. And that's what the Lord Jesus called him from. And now he's going back to his fishing business. So several things I want to point out here in John chapter number 21. Let's look at point number one, if you will. We see point number one. We see the Lord's goodness. The Lord's goodness. They're distracted. They're discouraged. Uh, they're despondent. Uh, they're even wanting to quit, wanting to give up, wanting to throw in the towel, wanting to go back uh, to the ways of the world. Uh, we prayed tonight. Isaiah mentioned, he said, hey, uh, pray that I don't uh, go back to my old ways. And we see the disciples here going back to their old ways. Uh, I find it very uh, providential that we're mentioning this this evening as he has that prayer request. But our, our, all of our heart's desires should be, Lord, keep me in the straight and narrow. Keep me on the right path. Lord, help me not to stray. Help me not to get sidetracked. We see the Lord's goodness. Uh, letter A under point number one, we see their tendency. Their tendency. Uh, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love, the song says. And every single one of us is prone to wander off. Every single one of us is prone to leave the God we love. Look at John chapter 21. Look at verse number 2. Verse number 2. Verse 1 says, After these things Jesus showed himself again. Uh, this, is the, this is how he showed himself. Verse 2. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Can Cana in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I'm going fishing, guys. I go a-fishing. They say unto him, well, we're just going to go with you. We also go with thee. They, Peter uh, and these other disciples, they went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. 
Uh, so we see them here. They're discouraged. They're despondent. They're, they're, they're sidetracked. They're, 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 they're allowing the, the fact that the Lord is now gone. The Lord is, has left them. Uh, he's no longer with them. He's no longer leading them. He's no longer in their presence. And so they say, man, I don't know. Is it worth it? Should we even uh, follow through? Should we uh, try to accomplish the goal that he set before us? Uh, I don't know, man. I, I just throw my, I'm going to go back to fishing. I'm not too sure about this. This is their tendency, however. Uh, these, this is the way that they tend to always want to go. Uh, you remember uh, that the, the disciple called Thomas, all right? What, what, how is he normally referred to? He's referred to as Doubting Thomas. Thomas called Didymus. He's called Doubting Thomas. Why? Because he was always, the glass is always half empty. It's never half full. Uh, it always seems that he's always focusing on the negative, the negative, the negative. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, he wanted to go back to Judea to raise Lazarus from the dead when Lazarus had passed away. Doubting Thomas was the one that said, he said, he said in the Bible, let's also go with him that we may die also. Y- y'all remember that? He says, all right, then, if we're, he's going to go, we got to follow. We're all going to die. That's Doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas is also the one uh, when the Lord was telling them about he's going to heaven. Uh, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, but I told you so. John 14. Uh, Doubting Thomas was the one that said, what are you talking about, Lord? We don't know what you're talking about. He says, uh, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? I don't understand, Lord. This doesn't make any sense, Lord. What are you talking about, Lord? How are we going to be encouraged when you're leaving us, Lord? He's doubting. He's negative. That's doubting Thomas. After the resurrection, uh, the disciples are hiding in an upper room. Uh, Thomas is not there. The first time the Lord Jesus shows up, when he, he eventually came around, they said, Thomas, you missed him. The Lord was here. We saw him. He's alive. He's resurrected. He says, I don't believe it. Until I see... The print of a nail in his hands. Until I put my hand in his side, I will not believe. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Doubting Thomas. Negative Thomas. The one who's always seeing the negative. The one who's always, he's basically leading this group. Uh, They're all catching that spirit of negativity. That spirit of faithlessness. They're saying, what's the sense? What's the use? We might as well give up. He's gone. We'll never see him again. How are we going to reach the world? Peter said, I'm just going to go fishing. The other said, well, we might as well go fishing too. We might as well go fishing too. Uh, turn to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter number 16. Mark chapter number 16. Uh, and let's see uh, how they responded, how they acted, and how the, Lord, how the Lord responded to them. Look at Mark chapter number 16 and verse number 9. Again, this is a parallel passage to John 21. Mark chapter number 16 and verse number 9. Verse number 9. The Bible says here, now when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared rather first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. And she went and told them that had been with him as they mourned and wept. They're discouraged. They're despondent. They're they're afraid. Verse 11. And they, when they had heard that he was alive and had uh, been seen of her. What's the next two words? They believed not. They said, there's no way. That's impossible. Even though he told them it's going to happen, they said, no, we don't believe it. Look at verse 12. After that, he appeared in another form unto two of them uh, as they walked and went into the, uh, uh, went into the uh, country. Verse 13. And they went and told it unto the, the residue, 
neither believed they them. So Mary Magdalene says, hey, I've seen the Lord. He's resurrected. He's alive. Nope, we don't believe it. Uh, the two uh, disciples walking on the road to Emmaus, I- I've seen the Lord. He's alive. Nope, they don't believe it. All right, look at verse number, verse number 14. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat. And look at what the Lord did. He abraded them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. So they had the same attitude, the same spirit that Doubting Thomas had. You know, we, we, we give Doubting Thomas a hard time, uh, but the other disciples were doing the same thing. They weren't believing. Uh, they were faithless. Uh, they were lacking in their belief and in their faith. And they said, no, it's, it's not possible. Uh, we don't believe it. Turn back to John 21. Back to John 21. We're looking at the Lord's goodness. We're looking at their tendency uh, and the Lord's goodness. Uh, their tendency is to not believe. Their tendency is to get sidetracked. Their tendency is to, to allow things to, to, to throw them off of what they're supposed to be doing. Back to John chapter 21. Look at verse 2 one more time. Verse 2. There were together Simon, Peter, and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathaniel of Canaan in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Now, uh, I can just picture uh, Thomas, and I can just picture the other disciples thinking, I, I don't know if what the Lord said is really going to happen. I can just picture in my mind's eye, I don't feel good about where this is heading, fellas. I can just picture in my mind, thinking they're thinking, uh, man, we should just throw in the towel, we should just give up. I can just picture it in my mind, these, these men having this conversation, and, we, and it leads us to verse 3. Verse 3 in John 21, where Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a-fishing. I go a-fishing. I'm going to go back to doing what I am comfortable doing. I'm going to go back to doing what I know. And all I know all the ins and outs of fishing. I know everything about fishing. And, and I'm going to go back to doing that because this, this faith walk, this is uncomfortable. Uh, this faith journey... I don't like this. You mean I have to step out by faith and I have to believe in something that I can't see? Man, I don't like this. And so I'm going to go back to doing what I can see, uh, what I can gauge, what I can touch, uh, what I can measure. I'm going to go back to what is comfortable, my comfort zone. This is their tendency. This is what they always do. Uh, By the way, Christian, this is our tendency too. This is our tendency too. You know, when, uh, when the rubber meets the road and, and, and time comes for us to get up in the morning and pray and read and, 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 and hand out that track and, and write that tithe check or whatever, uh, this is our tendency too. Our flesh says, no, a, a few more minutes. Uh, no, another half hour. No, another 15 minutes of rest. And, and our flesh says, no, you could use that money for something else. And our flesh says, no, uh, don't go to church. you got other things you got to take care of. That's our tendency as well. I'm not the only one here tonight, am I? Amen. Everybody awake? Okay, y'all with me? All right. Okay. Uh, and so uh, he says, I go a fishing. And then, of course, they said, well, we're going to go fishing, too. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. So we see their tendency. All right. We're looking at the Lord's goodness. Their tendency is to get sidetracked, to stray from uh, the way. Uh, let's look at letter B. Letter B. We see the Lord's tenderness. Not just their tendency, but the Lord's tenderness. All right, look at verse number one of John chapter number 21. Verse number one. After these things, Jesus showed himself, notice that next word, again. He showed himself to Mary Magdalene. He had showed himself to the two walking on the road to Emmaus. Uh, he had showed himself to the disciples uh, in that upper room. And, and he had showed himself a, another time to the disciples in the upper room. And now he's showing himself to them again. 
again. Now, eventually, we know he's going to ascend, and, and he's not going to be physically with them, uh, but this is the fourth time, at least, uh, where some or all of his disciples have seen him. He showed himself to them again. Uh, look at John 21. Look at verse 14. Verse 14. Now, uh, this is now the third time okay, that Jesus showed himself to his disciples. Now, again, we, we understand he saw Mary Magdalene saw him by herself. The two saw him, the, him by themselves. Uh, this is the third time he's showing himself to all of the disciples. They're discouraged. They're despondent. They're dejected. They're going back to what the Lord called them out of. And yet the Lord shows them mercy and he shows them grace and you say, Pastor Morales, where do you see the Lord showing them mercy and showing them grace? I'm glad you asked. You ask intelligent questions. Look at John chapter 21. Look at verse number four. Look at verse number four. It says, but when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them. What's the next word there in the Bible? Children. Children. You know, if it would have been me, I would have said, Y'all a bunch of idiots. You're a bunch of dummies. Why don't you listen? If it would have been me. See, I need the anger management class myself. Amen? Uh, and so, if it would have been me, and I'm glad that I'm not the Lord, because I would have been like, you good for nothing, low down, rotten scoundrels. I've told you time and time again. But he didn't do that. Uh, he didn't scold them. He didn't correct them. He said, hey boys, how y'all doing? He called them children. Uh, he, it's, a, it's a term of endearment. Uh, it's a loving term. It's a gracious term. Uh, it's a, it's the, the, the idea of, man, a father loving on his child, a, a, a mother loving on her child. I, I love you. I care for you. Even though your tendency is to stray, your tendency is to be sidetracked, your tendency is to go back to what I've called you from, I still love you. Children. Let's continue reading. In verse number five, then Jesus saith unto them, children, have ye any meat? They answered him. Now, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ, he didn't need the answer to the question. He knew the answer to the question. He's trying to dialogue with them to show his love to them. All right. He says, have ye any meat? Uh, they answered him. No. Verse six. And he said unto them, cast the net on the right side of the ship and ye shall find. Uh, if it were me again, I put myself in, in the Lord Jesus' shoes. I would have been like, see, I told you going back to what you want to do is not going to work. That's what I would have said. I would have said, you see, you're going back to your comfort zone. It's not productive, is it? It's fruitless, isn't it? I told you, you should have followed me. You should have followed my plan. You should have stayed in, in the right way. But look at what you're doing now. You're making a mess of your life. That, that would have been me. But the Lord Jesus Christ didn't do that. He said, let me help you. Let me help you. Look at it. He said, cast the net on the right side of the ship and you'll find, you shall find, they cast, therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Verse number seven. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John, saith unto Peter, hey, Peter, that's the Lord. Uh, it's the Lord. I know that voice. I know that tenderness. I know that grace. I know that mercy. I've seen it before. It is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girded his fisher's coat on him, for he was naked and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but it was... Uh, it, it, but as it were, 200 cubits dragging the net with fishes. We see here the Lord blessing them in spite of them. You all see this? Does everybody see this? Uh, he is caring for them. He's loving on them. Uh, he's being gentle to them in spite of the fact that they're 
in a sort of kind of turning their backs on him a little bit. Uh, they're kind of turning their backs on his calling a little bit. I know that it doesn't say that they totally and completely, but at least in this instance, at least in this moment, they're turning their backs on the Lord to some degree. Uh, not only does the Lord bless them in spite of them, but he also wants to fellowship with them. Look at John 21. Look at verse number 9. Verse number 9 of John 21. As soon then as they were come to land, they saw, look at this, this is awesome. They saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. Jesus saith unto them, bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Hey, hey guys, bring your fish. Bring your fish. Hey man, let's, let's eat, man. Let's fellowship. Let's break bread. Let's sit down and enjoy each other's company. He not only is blessing them in spite of them, he said, man, I want to talk to you. I want to spend time with you. Man, I want to fellowship with you. Uh, Look at verse 11. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes and 150 and three. And for all, there was so many, yet was not the net broken. Verse 12, Jesus saith unto them, I love this phrase, come and dine. Amen. I like that phrase. Come and dine. Let's eat, fellas. Hey, man, let's have ourselves a time. Let's enjoy each other's company. Let's fellowship around food. And uh, most Christians, and uh, to be quite honest with you, most Americans, we do that well, right? We fellowship around food. But listen, we go out to eat with people so we can spend time with them. We invite people over to our homes to eat so we can spend time with them. Uh, We go over to other people's homes to eat so we can spend time with them, so we can fellowship, so we can just enjoy each other's company. The Lord Jesus is saying, I know you're, you're struggling. I know you're discouraged. I know you're wanting to go back to what you, what I called you from. I know that you're having less faith, but man, I love you. I want to bless you and I want to spend time with you. I don't know about you, but that encourages my heart. Because there's many times where I stray from the Lord. There's many times where I don't do what I know I'm supposed to do. There's many times where I think, Lord, I've really messed up now. I mean, I just, I can't believe it. It's been so long, and I haven't been doing right, and I haven't led someone to Christ, and I haven't done this, or I haven't done that. And Lord, help me, Lord, I can't believe that you still love me. Does anyone else feel that way sometimes? I know I do. I can't believe not only that you still love me, but that you still want a fellowship with me and you still want to use me. Verse 12, Jesus saith unto them, come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then cometh, verse 13, and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. The Lord Jesus Christ said, I know, I knew you were going to mess up. I knew you were going to, you know, struggle. I knew that this was going to be difficult for you, but I love you anyway. You're still my child, and I still want to fellowship with you. He still says to you and to me tonight, he still says, uh, Matthew 28, verse, uh, uh, Matthew 11, rather, verse 28 through 30, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, come. I know you're struggling. I know you're going through a hard time. I know it's a difficult uh, uh, space that you're living in right now. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Uh, For I am meek and lonely in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Come unto me. The Lord Jesus Christ tells us tonight through this story in John chapter number 21, it doesn't matter how bad you've messed up. It doesn't matter how far you've strayed. 
It doesn't matter how much you've ignored Him. It doesn't matter how long it's been since you've done what you're supposed to do. It doesn't matter. He says, you're my child. I love you and I want to spend time with you. I don't know about you, but that encourages my heart. I need that encouragement from the Lord. Uh, We see uh, the Lord's tenderness toward them. We see the Lord's goodness in spite of their tendency. Uh, He's tender toward them. Let's look at point number two. Point number two, we see number one, the Lord's goodness. Point number two, we see the Lord's grace. The Lord's grace. Look at John chapter number 21 and verse number 15. Now, again, you would think, well, the Lord's goodness, the Lord's grace, isn't that the same? Eh, it's similar. It's, it's very similar. Uh, and we'll see that here in, in, in this next passage as we study uh, John 21. Look at verse number 15. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter. Now, notice, uh, all the disciples are there. Uh, all of them have eaten. Uh, he loves all of them. They're all his children. Uh, he's fellowshipping with all of them. But now he focuses his attention on... Peter, Peter. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon, Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, again, Simon, Peter, feed my lambs. Verse 16, he saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my sheep. Verse 17, the Lord asks him a third time. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. Now listen, I I propose to you tonight that it's not a coincidence that the Lord Jesus Christ asked specifically Simon Peter... Three times. Simon, do you love me? Simon, do you love me? Simon, three times. Because remember, not too long ago, Peter was, at, was said, hey, you're one of his disciples. You're, I know not the man. Uh, no, I saw you. You were with. Nope, I don't know him. Uh, you were the one. Said, and he started to curse and to swear. I do. Three times, Peter denied the Lord. And I, I don't believe it's a coincidence. I believe that the Lord in, purposefully is trying to tell Peter, I know that you denied me. I know three times you said you didn't know me. I know three times you cursed, you swore, you said you had nothing to do with me. And, and Peter, I still love you. I've forgiven you for all three of them. Peter, I still want to use you. Peter, I still want to bless you. Peter, I still want to work in and through your life. I believe it's no coincidence. I believe that the Lord did this on purpose three times for all three times that Peter denied him. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, when the angel told Mary uh, that uh, to go and tell the disciples that, of course, uh, you know, the, the Lord had risen from the grave. And, and the angel said this. He said this in Mark chapter 16, and verse 7. He said, go tell the disciples and Peter. Why would he... Stick out Peter. Why would he point out Peter? Because Peter was the one that denied. Peter was the one that cursed. Peter was the one that was furthest from God at this point. He says, hey, make sure you tell Peter too. Make sure Peter knows that uh, he's alive. Make sure he, Peter knows that he loves him. He wants to use him. He wants to bless him. Listen, the Lord also told him that he's going to be used in a great way for the rest of his life. Life. Look at verse number 18. John 21, verse number 18. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, he's still speaking to Peter, when I was young, 
thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. Verse 19 says, This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. Now, history records for us that the Apostle Peter uh, was martyred for his belief, his faith in Christ, uh, that eventually he got on fire for God. We know this, of course. Shortly thereafter, he preached Pentecost, and 3,000 people were saved, and and, and many great things he did, uh, writing several books in the Bible. I mean, he did a lot of great things, and he was martyred for his faith. But listen, he wasn't just martyred. He didn't just die for his faith. He was crucified and history tells us that he didn't think himself worthy to be to, to die like the Lord Jesus. And so he asked to be crucified upside down, upside down. He says, Peter, I'm going to use you in a great way. You're going to do some great things. Uh, and I've forgiven you. I, I've cleansed you. And don't let that stop you from following what I've called you to do. As with many innovations, the originator of 3M's sticky yellow post-its did not know what he had at first. Researcher Spence Silver was curious about what would happen if he mixed an unusual amount of monomer into a polymer-based adhesive that he was working on. The result was an adhesive that would tack one piece of paper to another and even restick without leaving any residue on the second piece of paper. The company had no use for the new adhesive until 3M chemist Arthur Fry began having problems in all places, the choir loft. Uh, he, he was using slips of paper to mark his pages in his hymn book, uh, and those pi- slips of paper uh, would fall out and they would flutter to the floor, leaving him frantically searching for, for his place in the, in the hymn book. And, and then he remembered Silver's adhesive. Fry's better bookmark soon morphed into the handy post-it notes that we use today. Post-it notes that are used, we still use them today. I, I use them in the office all the time. And someone said, ah, useless, worthless, that has no purpose. There's no use here. Don't even bother with that. Someone would look at the life of Peter and say, ah, he, he's a turncoat. You know, he, he, he's yellow belly. Ah, he turned his back on the Lord and, and he quit on God and he cursed the Lord. He denied the Lord. Ah, he's useless. That's not how God saw him. That's not how the law, the Lord rather sees him. The Lord sees him as someone who has great potential. Uh, uh, listen, God loves you and loves me and he wants to use us for his purposes and for his glory in spite of us. Not because of us. It's not because we're so talented. It's not because we're so smart. It's not because uh, we have so much ability. No, no. He uses us because he loves us and he wants to work through us. We might look useless to some people. Uh, we might look like, man, we don't, we don't have much talent. We don't have much intelligence. We don't have much this or that organizational skills. But God sees in us great potential. Great potential. Uh, God wants us on his team and listen, he doesn't wait till there's no one else to pick. He says, all right, y'all remember, y'all remember on, on the schoolyard or, or at play with your friends when you were little, uh, when kids actually went outside and played? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay, all right. Uh, and, and you would pick teams, right? And you would pick teams, whether it was baseball or football or whatever you were playing. And, and, and you know, you'd pick two captains and, and okay, okay, you pick first and, you know, you pick Cheryl. And, and then this next person would pick Miss Angela. And then this next person picked a Jacob. And, 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 and all the people that were very athletic got picked first. Right. 
And all the non-athletic people stood there like this. And they'd get picked last. You know, that's not how God picks us. God doesn't wait until, well, there's no one else. I guess I got to use you. No, no, no. God looks at you and he looks at me and he says, he's not much, but I want him. She's not much, but I want her. God wants us on his team. All we have to do is submit and yield and obey and say, okay, Lord, I don't have much, but what I have, I'll give it to you. He's looking at Peter and he's saying, Peter, I know you messed up. Peter, I know you blew it. I know you, you don't think you're useful now, but I'm going to use you in a tremendous, tremendous way. We see the Lord's goodness. We see the Lord's grace. Lastly, number three, we see the Lord's goal. And this is where the title of the sermon comes in tonight. Uh, mind your own business. The Lord's goal. Look at verse number 20 of John chapter number 21. Then Peter, after the Lord encouraged him, after the Lord said, I've forgiven you, after the Lord said, hey, you're going to be used in a great way, look at Peter, okay? Then Peter, verse 20, turning about, see if the disciple whom Jesus loved following, now this is John, uh, which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? This is, again, uh, John asking these questions, that, referring back to that, that, that last supper. Look at verse 21. Peter, seeing him, talking about John, saith to Jesus, all right, Lord. What's this guy going to do? <laughs> Does anyone not find this comical? I mean, this is hilarious. Like, uh, uh, Lord, and what shall this man do? Almost as if, okay, Lord, I'm on board. I got it. But what's John going to do? Uh, what's John going to do? John's got to do something. Hey, I, I can't do everything. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I understand that you've forgiven me and you want to use me. But, man, I, I can't do it all. Uh, what's John going to do? Look at verse 22. Jesus saith unto him, if... If I will that he tarry till I come. Listen, if it's my will for him to, to be here on earth and do nothing until I come back. If I, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. The Lord Jesus, in essence, is saying to Peter, mind your own business. Don't worry about what John is going to do. Worry about what you are supposed to do. And we all say amen to that one, right? (laughs) Amen. Uh, Look at verse 23. Then went this saying abroad among the brethren that that disciple, referring to John, should not die. Yet Jesus said not unto him, he shall not die. But if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? He didn't say that he wasn't going to die. He just said, if it's my will that he doesn't die, what difference does it make? That, That has no bearing on you. Listen, we need to stop worrying about what someone else is doing or not doing. Y'all with me tonight? We need to stop worrying about, well, so-and-so, you know, they didn't do this, and they supposed to do that, and, and why I can't believe. And, and, and the Lord Jesus says, what is that to thee? What, what is that to thee? What have I called you to do? What calling do I have on your life? Hey, stop worrying about them. Stop worrying about this guy. Stop worrying about that guy. Stop worrying about that woman. Stop worrying about that. Hey, you do what God has called you to do. Get busy serving. Get busy sacrificing. Get busy doing. You won't have time to worry about what other people are doing. I'm telling you, the people that are doing almost nothing, and sometimes absolutely nothing, they're the, the most, they're the biggest critics. Well, I can't believe that Pastor LeJean took the pews out of the auditorium. And that's exactly how they look sometimes. Well, I can't believe that Pastor LeJean is doing, and you fill in the blank. Listen, 
as long as the pastor of the church is not doing anything illegal, immoral, unbiblical, what difference does it make? What difference does it make? Let's get busy serving. Let's get busy uh, following. Let's get busy doing. The Lord Jesus Christ said, what is that to thee? Stop worrying about what John's going to do, Peter, and do what you're supposed to do. Stop worrying about what your, the, the, your neighbor or the other person or the other Christian or the one who... Listen, who cares? Stop worrying about others. People are too busy sticking their noses in other people's business. They're so concerned with the affairs of others that they never get around to doing anything for God themselves. It is said that when the British and French were fighting in Canada in the 1750s, that Admiral Phipps, commander of the British fleet, was told to anchor outside Quebec. Anchor, stay, wait, wait. He was given orders to wait for the British land forces to arrive and then to support them when they attacked the city. Admiral Phipps' navy arrived early and as the admiral waited, he became annoyed. Listen to this. He's outside Quebec. He's anchored. He became annoyed by the statues of the saints that adorned the towers of the nearby cathedral. And so he commanded his men to shoot at those those statues of those saints with the ship's cannons. No one knows how many rounds were fired or how many statues were knocked out, but when the land forces finally arrived and the signal was given to attack, the admiral was of no help. You know why? He was all out of ammunition. You know why? Because he was too busy shooting at the saints. He was too busy I'm annoyed with that saint, and and I'm going to attack that saint. And then this saint over here bothers me, and I'm going to attack that saint. And then this saint over here. And listen, when it comes time, well, we need someone in the nursery. Well, we need someone to teach a class. Well, we need someone to go out and uh, uh, visiting. Uh, We need someone to go soul winning. We need someone to clean the church. Listen, you ain't got nothing left in the tank because you're too busy attacking the saints. Criticizing the saints. You got no ammo left. You got no, no, no energy left. You got nothing in the tank because you've expended all of it, criticizing, complaining, whining, belly aching. Listen, I'm not, I'm not attacking anyone in particular. I'm saying this to all of us. Every single one of us. We need to be careful not to spend all our energy shooting down, uh, destroying, attacking the saints that we have no energy to serve the Lord. Booker T. Washington said this, you can't hold a man down without staying down with him. If you hold someone down, you're holding yourself down also. Uh, When we're tempted to criticize, man, let's make sure we think. Think first. Uh, When we're being criticized, let's make sure we say, Lord, help me to keep focused. Stay focused. Uh, What is that to thee? Don't worry about other people. Worry about yourself. As the title of the sermon, it states, mind our own business. The story is told of a judge who had been frequently ridiculed by a conceited lawyer. When asked by a friend why he didn't rebuke uh, this lawyer, this judge said, quote, You know, in our town there lives a widow who has a dog. And whenever the moon shines, that dog, he goes outside and he barks all night. Having said that, the judge shifted the conversation to another subject. And finally, after some time, someone said, whoa, 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 but, but judge, what about that dog? What, the moon, what, what was that all about? What did you bring that up for? He says, oh, the moon just went on shining, that's all. <laughs>
The moon, listen, that dog can bark all night long. The moon's going to keep on shining. Y'all with me tonight? Let them bark. Let them snap. Let them, let them bark and, 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 and try to get your heel. Let, let them stay busy shining for the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't get sidetracked. Don't get distracted. Don't get to the point where you start trying to defend yourself and trying to fight this person and that person and that person. And the Lord says, hey, what is that to thee? You're supposed to be serving. You're too busy trying to defend, attack, criticize, uh, justify, whatever the case may be. Serve the Lord. Stay focused. Last two verses, John 21. Look at verse 24 and we'll be done. Verse 24, the Bible says, This is the disciple which testifieth of these things and wrote these things. This is John writing. And we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written, every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. And John closes out his version of the gospel account by saying, Hey, let's just, let's just focus on what God has called us to do. Uh, let's focus on doing what we're supposed to be doing. Are there going to be distractions? You better believe it. Are there going to be situations that annoy us, like, like Admiral Phipps, who had those, those statues? Oh, I can't stand it. There's going to be things like that. Stay focused. Stay focused. Mind your own business. And I say that very lovingly. Amen? Uh, I say that to myself. Pedro, mind your own business. What has God called you to do? Let's make sure we stay focused on that. Because he loves you, and no matter how many times you mess up, no matter how many times you fall, no matter how many times you turn your back on him, he wants to use you. He wants to fellowship with you. Hey, let's, let's let that be the springboard, the, the platform where we say, okay, Lord, here we go. I'm going to do all I can to stay focused on what you have called me to do. Y'all with me tonight? Amen? Let's bow together for a word of prayer and we'll be dismissed. Father, we love you. Lord, again, we thank you for the clarity of your word. Well, we're grateful that, Lord, there's humor in the Bible. Uh, Lord, that I believe that you have a sense of humor. I believe the people here tonight believe that as well. And, Lord, that you give us glimpses, Lord, of that humor in Scripture. But, Lord, we, we pray and we believe most of all that you are grace, that you are mercy that you are love. And Lord, just as you showed these disciples, and especially Peter, your grace and your mercy, Lord, you want to show us that same grace and that same mercy. Lord, we pray that you would help us to bask in your love. Lord, help us to relish your love and your grace. And Lord, help us to keep our eyes and our, our minds and our work focused on what you have called us to do. Please, dear God, when we start to get sidetracked, Holy Spirit, convict us, bring us back. When we start to get uh, critical, Lord, help us, dear Father, please, to stay on track, to, to stay on the straight and narrow road, Lord, that, that is following you. Help us to stay focused on our personal calling from you, the work that you've called us to do. Lord, we, we pray that you would help us to display that attitude of balance to other Christians. Lord, when we're annoyed and things are happening around us that we don't enjoy, we don't like, Lord, help us to stay focused. Lord, we know that you will be glorified when we do that. We love you, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity to gather tonight. 
Bless us now as we dismiss. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.